Greetings, Wargamers. We're your hosts, Trevor, Jay, Josh, and this is Shane Attack. Attack. is sponsored by Discount Games Incorporated. Discount Games Incorporated specializes in customer service, low prices, and prompt shipping. You can find our web store at www.discountgamesinc.com. Attack. I'm your host Trevor, and I build roller coasters. Still building yes. roller coasters. Yes. Uh, I'm Jay, and I continue to play Heroes of Might and Magic. Nice. Uh, I, there, there's a part of me that you know I really do want to play. Like I've purchased the Tron visual novel on. The oh, Switch. I completely forgot about that. I need to actually on do the it. Switch. Yeah. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, I, I told myself, oh, I'll I'll be more likely to play it if it's on the Switch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. Except for then you were like, remembered it was you, and yes. you actually, to consoles, is actually the opposite of how <laughs> Trevor is to card games. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, but that's also really high on my list. So you guys should buy that. And so, but I, my understanding is, is it's only a few hours, but we should play it, and then we can do an episode on it. Um, I mean, I could be convinced. Hold on. I'm. Where would I buy this? You can buy it on Steam, on the Nintendo yeah. Store, whatever. Oh yeah. Well, I was trying to. Let's see. Oh yeah. I there's no sense in my buying it on the Switch because, like, in constant nerd father that I am, I did buy Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, which means that I will never see my own Switch again ever. Oh uh, yeah. I I'm in the same boat. Currently. But I am proud that I did touch the game for I think about two minutes. Oh, I didn't even get that. Oh, How is it, is it Tron Identity? Um, let me look on my little Steam account. Must be because it just released April 11th, 2023. Yeah, that should be right. Well, it's only fifteen dollars. That seems like yeah, it's a, cheap. Seems like a steal at any price. Yeah, see. And it's similar to games I've played, such as Pentiment and Pentiment. I Was a Teenage Exocolonist. I mean, sounds Sold. perfect. Yeah purchasing for myself right now plus i just did a little peeky peek and it turns out i only have one mission left in marvel midnight suns oh wow me powering through that after this recording pretty high because i'm at the stage of that game where i'm like i've enjoyed this i really want it to be done though yeah yeah all right i'm installing tron identity as we speak you may carry on um this is saying that uh yeah the main story is like two and a half hours if you play to every ending it's like three or four hours evidently so no wonder it's only 15 bucks what so yeah. is this is this thing setting up for something is there a show coming i'm sure we've talked about this kind of stuff on the discord but when, um, when can i ever be bothered to to remember that's fair they they are going to have additional uh stories similar to this game there is supposedly you know the writer strike is um, oh, putting things in strike. limbo, but supposedly uh, there was going to be, you know, a Neutron movie with Jared Leto, 
I'm I'm not sure why he's uh, involved, but um, I don't even know what Neutron is. It's it was supposed to start production in like June, supposedly. So okay, so we might have one sometime soonish. It I'm not sure how I'll feel about a Tron movie that doesn't have, or at least a modern Tron movie that doesn't have a, a Daft Punk soundtrack to go along with it. Maybe they'll have to talk them into reuniting <laughs> for the soundtrack. <laughs> um, news and announcements for Discount Games, Inc. Um, if you're trying to order Games Workshop new releases from me, I'm I'm very sorry. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> my, only, my only assumption is that basically all of the capacity that Games Workshop has right now is going to making new boxes for the new edition. So oh. fingers crossed. Um, but Star Wars Shatterpoint is releasing June 2nd. So any day now. And uh, I retailers have the opportunity if they did a bundle of items of a large enough size, they could order a demo copy a month early. So uh, my demo copy arrived. I sent it to my painter. He did a fantastic speed job on them, in my opinion. And this last weekend, I went down to Utah and played um, some Shatterpoint with a friend. Um, and the the first bit of the show, we were going to talk a little bit about Shatterpoint. Uh, later on, I'm the plan is that I'll do a game with with both Trevor and and Josh and. Um, We'll do a more full review of it after we play, but um, I guess this is more of a preview. So uh, I guess first off, I'm curious what are what are your guys's questions if you have any about the game? Um, I mean, I'm I'm interested in knowing how it plays. Like, what um, what's the mechanic? Main, main dice mechanic, I guess, is probably my first question. Okay. I want to know which faction is most like the minions, but answer Trevor's question first. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, dice mechanics. So um, Greg told me that there, I don't know if this is in particular to dice mechanics, but um, it does, um, he said mechanics of the game in general, one game that it reminded him of a little bit was a game called Arena Rex. Um, I've not played this game, but I almost um, backed that game on Kickstarter when it first came through. Mm. Have you? Did you look much into it? Um, I mean, a little bit. It had like alternating um, actions, so uh-huh. you go back and forth. Um, there was and it has a freaking cool art style. I'm trying to remember. I, I mean, I'll be honest. It was a while ago. It's Although been out it has for a while. A totally naked dude on it. That's weird or unexpected. <laughs> it's it's like roman gladiator style miniatures game where you play one-on-one um i definitely wanted to get into it i just didn't feel like at the time we were just playing war machine it just didn't feel like i had room for a. it's really one-on-one like it's not a squad you're saying sorry (laughs) Uh, i mean it's going to be i i don't you're asking the wrong guy i've never played the game but getting sucked into completely unrelated things my (laughs) understanding was that it was like you might have a couple of gladiators, but the truth is, is I don't think you would have more than, I mean, just guessing, I don't think you'd have more than like three or four models on the table on your side, you know? Yeah. 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 
It is a low model count game. You can get started playing Arena Rex with only three models per side. Anyway, so Shatterpoint shares some commonalities with that yeah. game. Um, as far as the dice, it reminded me a little bit of Guild Ball. And so here's here's the reason why I say that. Um, first off, as the attacker, you, um, you're rolling D8s as your um as your attack dice um the d8s are, are specialty dice of course because this is a uh passive flight game because you gotta <laughs> make your money yeah um and there's there's three uh three symbols on the d8s there's a crit success a failure and a strike um and when you um count up how many successes you have let's let's say that i have uh oh the the other sorry there the other type that you can roll is an expertise um and so when i roll my attacks i'll see how many of each type i have so let's say that i have two crit successes let's say that i have two successes um one expertise and one failure um each weapon each each character has a stance card, and the the main characters, the the people like Anakin or Darth Maul, their stances will usually have two sides, um, so that you can during your turn you can uh, decide which stance you're going to be in. And usually, one of the stances is is a little bit more offensive, and the other one's a little bit defensive if if you have two sides. Um, and then the stances have um when you're both attacking and defending uh they have the, an expertise chart and so if if i'm playing anakin my lightsaber on its expertise it'll say you know if you roll one expertise you know one to however many expertise it'll have a chart and it'll say if you roll this many expertise you get you know a crit and a hit or uh if you do two it could be you know three three hits plus a jump etc um and so the thing that's nice about it is that obviously it gives them a way to customize what results you're getting from your armor or from your weapon um and how powerful the character is etc um based off of that expertise role without having to um, I guess have different dice or, you know, et cetera. Um, the, the, the dice don't explode like they do in Marvel crisis protocol. Um, the benefit of rolling. So I guess before I say that the, the other side on defense, you are, um, rolling a D six and it has, uh, blocks on it. It has expertise and it has failures. Um, and so you'll roll your dice. You'll, if you roll any expertise, you'll compare those to your chart uh, to see what it converts into, and then you'll add everything together. So let's say again that after my expertise, I have two crits, um, and after the expertise, I have have three strikes. Um, let's say as a defender, let's say I got four blocks. The the main Benefit of the crits is that crits can't be blocked by a block die. Um, and then the other thing that's interesting with it, and and the part that kind of reminds me of 
Guild Ball, I think in Guild Ball it was called a, a playbook. You would, with your successes, you would consult the... Yeah, uh, you'd choose an option of what things you could do with it. Correct. And so it's kind of has some similarities with that. Your your stance card, when you're doing an attack, um, it will have a start point, and some have multiple start points. And then however many successes you have, let's say that you know I have four successes, I would fo- follow the arrows, um, and sometimes there will be a branch in them, and I'll have a decision of, you know, do I want to take, you know, the upper or lower branch based on what benefit I want from that, um, whatever the result is. Um, so it's not, you know, the, the five successes doesn't just translate into five damage or whatever. It translates into five successes that you then input into your stance that will tell you, uh, you know, what your result is. And another reason why that's kind of nice is because, um, the, so the way that your strike force, the, the, the number of models that you're playing with your, the composition of your team is you have two units. The units are each comprised of a primary character, a secondary character, and then a support unit. So as an example, um, in the starter box on, uh, the, the good guy side, you have, um, Anakin as one of the, the primary characters and then a secondary character uh, for him is Captain Rex. And then the two support units are, are basically two MOOC, uh, uh, stormtroopers. And then the other primary character is, uh, Ahsoka and then her, a secondary character is Bo-Katan, and then the two support units are, are two generic Mandalorian. The Mook DeLoreans. Yes. So you're playing the game, each of you, with with eight characters. Um, and so uh, it's the the other thing that's nice with the you know, having the putting the successes into the stance is that um, it. I th- one of the things I liked a lot about the game was that it 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 did feel a lot like you were kind of um, creating some of these epic scenes from the movies, or it felt pretty cinematic to me. It evoked the feelings of um, some of the you know the big fight scenes that you see in Star Wars, um, and each of the characters would have their own special moves or, or special things that they were doing that um, I thought was was pretty cool. Um, does that, I guess, answer your question about the dice mechanics, Trevor? Was there anything that wasn't clear or you had any follow-up questions on? I don't think so, no. Okay. Um, some other things that are um, interesting about it is that, so, you know, I, I described that you're going to have eight characters, um, but that is the, the support um, The support units each have Two, two characters in them, but they're considered one unit. So you have six units total. Each of those units have a card that's essentially an initiative card. And then you have a shatter point card, which is a wild card um, that is also part of the deck. And you will shuffle your that deck and then draw a card. And that is the character that you activate on your turn. Um, it's not a game where it's like, it's the start of my turn. I'm going to decide, you know, what character I'm going to play. It is, 
is one that has an initiative deck where you draw out of. There is a mechanic where um, if you draw a card that is one that um, you don't want to activate right now, you could spend a force point to uh, set that card in reserve and draw a new card. And then uh, when you drew that, draw that card, you would have to play that one. And then when it came to your uh, next turn, you would have the choice before you drew a card, you could play the card that was in reserve if you wanted to. Um, as soon as you play the card that's in reserve, um, you then have the option of when you draw, again, you have the ability to, again, place another card in the reserve. So um, that's that's something that's a little unique with it. My understanding is that there's evidently some similarities with uh, Legion, um, Star Wars Legion with that. Um, and then I guess finally the, the other thing that's kind of interesting about it, uh, I guess a little bit of, of fluff behind the the game i didn't realize this but i the term shatterpoint is, is oh i'm so glad you can explain this because i wondered is i i i assumed that this was just something that atomic mass games uh coined or that like really i didn't have any idea why it was named this <laughs> and maybe maybe i should have uh let off with this but um the let me see if I can find this in the rule book real quick. But um, within the within the fiction or lore of Star Wars, there is um, these things that are uh, known as shatter points. And shatter points are essentially um, here we go. Uh, so this is this is what the the rule book says. Um, in in this strife arise moments of great importance known as shatter points, where the actions of a few can change the fate of the entire galaxy. These key battles do not take place between great armies, but between small teams of the galaxy's greatest heroes. So they're, they're basically these moments in time where um, a, a small handful of people will have a, a conflict with each other and it will have a, a great impact on the um the fate of the galaxy. And so that was how the, what the, the name of the uh, game derived from. I want to know if order 66 counts as a shatter point then. Um, I don't know, <laughs> but this actually predates order 66, right? Um, I mean, so as part not, of not the, necessarily, yeah. Oh, really? What, yeah. What, what Trevor is saying. So, as part of the when you when you're doing your squad building, uh huh. Um, the each of the characters have character cards, and part of the character card is it says what era the um, the unit is it is in, and when okay. you are building your um, your strike force, all of the units, all of the uh, units in a squad must share the same era but strike oh, okay. so, and each each strike team has two squads in it and so the the two squads could be from different eras but if i'm you know playing count dooku or if if i'm playing anakin skywalker uh, general anakin skywalker yes then his era is galactic republic and so his um, corresponding unit mates have to also be of the Galactic Republic, Galactic Republic time frame. Mm -hmm. Interesting. They've they've pre they have previewed stuff that is from different 
um, time frames. Meaning, like, is there going to be a Vader someday, and is there going to be a? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have they previewed Grievous? I don't know why that matters to me, but uh, I, just, yes, I do love that one of the expansions. He looks amazing. Pack is called the Hello There Pack or whatever. That's yeah, the Obi Wan Pack, the, right? Yeah, in general, the naming of the stuff they've been doing is it seems like they're having a lot of fun with. <laughs> um, yeah, so some of the names so far, there is Twice the Pride, Hello There, Plans and Preparation, Appetite for Destruction, You Cannot Run, and Jedi Hunters. Delightful. So. How did you, um, how do you feel like the elevation works in the game? Like, because uh marvel crisis protocol had elevation also right but um like, so it does, does it add a lot without being overly complicated or is it it's kind not of so one of the things i was expecting was that there was going to be um i guess falling damage oh uh-huh uh which there there isn't which i guess kind of makes sense in star wars um but it does so it is, it's a very scenario driven game. And, um, one of the, one of the ways where the, um, there's, there's easy rules on like getting up and down on the different levels of terrain. And so that's good. Um, but one of the reasons, one of the ways where terrain ends up being important, um, is that when it comes time to try to check control of, of scenario points, um, the the first step is you check for the number of characters that are next to the scenario point that are on the same level of terrain. Um, and then if that's tied, you look at um, the number of characters that are on different levels of terrain. Um, and so, and in general, you want to have the, the table set up so that you have objectives that are at different, um, different heights. Okay. And so um, there, there is, I, I did feel like um, the terrain that comes with the core box is is pretty cool. Um, I I thought that it looks great. I I, I th- thought that the pictures I I took of it um, made made things look pretty cool, pretty good. Um, and I I did feel like um, playing on different levels of terrain was was something that was an important part of the game. So. Um, I guess one of the last things I'll, I'll preview with the game is, so essentially you're playing the best of three on three mini scenarios. And in the core box, there's three, uh, phase one missions. There's three phase two missions and three phase three missions. And you shuffle each of those up. And randomly put in a pile, one phase one, one phase two, and one phase three. And on the table, there are nine scenario points on the table that they each start. They're they're in a square uh, with each other, and they each start inactive. And then you turn over the first uh, scenario card, and it will show you which scenario points become active. And there is a uh, struggle tracker that the marker starts in the middle and the player who goes first, he doesn't score points at the end of his turn. But after that, at the end of each turn, the players whose turn it is, they score points. 
and it would so if if trevor went first he would move his stuff i went second i would move my stuff um, hopefully secure some scenario points and i would uh the at that point the scenario marker would be at zero i would hopefully score some points let's say three points and it would come three spaces towards my side and then trevor would do his turn he would you know secure some of his um and then it would pull back the other way when he scored his points um and the first person to get that struggle marker to the end of their side is is going to be the one to to win that mission um there's some ways that you can shorten how far you need to um move your marker for example if i get a wound on um one of trevor's characters that would put a momentum token at the end of my track and that would shorten by one how far i need to move my uh, momentum tracker and so let's say that i won that first mission um trevor would then draw the phase two mission uh card and a lot usually on the phase two and phase three cards it'll have two maps and trevor will get to pick which map he wants to use Uh, he'll obviously be picking the map that um is going to be more advantageous to him um and then you play through that second mission um if if i win that mission then the game's over i've won best two out of three missions if i lose that mission um it'd be tied one one and then we'd turn over the phase three uh, scenario card and because i lost the previous mission i would get to pick uh which of the two maps uh, we would play for the the final deciding mission so um i i did think it was interesting that uh you're you are essentially playing multiple mini scenarios as opposed to um a lot of miniatures games i've played where there's one scenario for the uh for the game that you're playing then um you play that until one of you reach victory um but it overall i i would say that i i had quite a lot of fun with it um my my friend patrick that i went down to play it with he was he was interested in he had said that he thought we should do a podcast with it together um i wanted to to do the weekend to get an idea of how i what i thought about the game and i think we're we're leaning towards going ahead with that so um hopefully what, I'll... what do you think the pace of the releases will be jay um i think there will probably be some months where there's no releases and then there will probably be one to two boxes a month on other ones i i do think that it's also a game where you can pretty easily just play the characters that like you, the I, core I set kind of thing i, I don't think you're it's going to be one where um you're high, pretty highly incentivized to try to collect everything it doesn't really have one of the things that a lot of people complained about marvel crisis protocol was that um was kind of the x-wing phenomenon where um if you didn't buy everything then you would end up missing out on some of the cards and stuff that you would potentially want uh, even beyond the the ones that you did and and this game doesn't really do that so if you yeah that that i always feel that always feels like such a tough 
spot for a game, especially for you know the the publisher or developer of a game, mm-hmm. like how to have that ramp appropriately, right? I mean, they got to make money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I feel like they're striking a good balance of. I mean, honestly, it feels like they're kind of trying to take the approach of, you know, let's just make a fun game that people want to play, and then people will want to buy the characters that I mean, that they like and star Wars hopefully is going to just kind of sell itself as well. Yeah, <laughs> so, sure. Sure. <laughs> star Wars doesn't sell itself. Oh, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I did. I'm, I'm pleased with the game. Um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, doing a, a demo game with you guys. Excellent. Uh, were I guess were there any areas that um, I didn't cover that you guys had questions on? I mean, it doesn't feel like there's really a minions equivalent faction, Jay, from having listened to your presentation thus far. Um, yeah, I mean, I would guess that at some point there will probably be like a, a scum and villainy, you know, losers of the galaxy or something. Mm. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, I could take that. I, I would accept that. <laughs> Fair, yeah. Um, okay, so the other, another, the next thing we want to talk about, uh, Trevor and I, uh, just this last week, we there's a show that was developed by uh, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. And Matt Damon. <laughs> yes, their studio, and they, um, they took the movie and kind of shopped it around to whoever would be the highest bidder and Amazon ended up winning the bid. They did a a theatrical release of the movie. I I think that it did okay in theaters, um, but it was always going to, you know, be a movie that was going to pretty quickly be available on Amazon prime. Um, It's one of the movies that so far has been um, one of the top, movies that movie critics have liked not that that's um something that a lot of people care about necessarily (laughs) um but trevor both both trevor and i have watched watched it on amazon this week and we wanted to talk a little bit about it um the so the the movie's name is is air and it is the story of the uh, kind of down and out nike basketball sneaker division that is on the verge of uh, closing the division and their decision to pursue Michael Jordan and to try to uh, sign him with Nike and to make the Air Jordan line. Um, So Trevor, what did, what did you like about this movie? Um, That's going to be a little hard to just find the words maybe. so it's it's one of those things where it's you know it, Nike honestly is clearly not the down and out company now and it is a little hard to remember back when you know they were not um I'm but, still hard, having a hard time believing that those words just came out of Jay's mouth <laughs> I mean it it is I mean the the roots of Nike is that they were founded by a man who you know, was a college coach for runners and they had a shoe company that 
you know, became very successful, but it was very much grounded in, uh, you know, running shoes. And the basketball brands at that time were Adidas and Converse, and Nike was not a basketball brand. At all. Yeah. Like, <laughs> almost not at all. Yeah, yeah. They, they were They were struggling to get, you know, anybody to sign up as a, uh, you know, as an endorsement deal with them. Um, and certainly anybody that was worth their salt would basically turn them down. Yeah. So it, I really, this is a movie that is you know, about marketing <laughs> and, <laughs> and, you know, I, I do think it is a very well-written show. It also does a good job hitting a lot of, uh, nostalgia factors. It would be, I would be very curious of the reaction of, of people who hadn't lived through the eighties, how differently the movie hits them. Um, yeah, it, it does a lot of things that are like, it plays heavily on the nostalgia of the eighties in many ways. Yeah. From the but, soundtrack to the ads, to the styles, to just honestly, just about everything. It really kind of hits all those notes. Right. And so I, I'll say I, I do think that it is a very successful movie. It's a very entertaining movie. But if you were to approach someone and tell them like, hey, you should you should really watch this movie that like I guess we're kind of doing right now. You should really watch this movie. And it's a movie about marketing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would say it's more than that. It's it's about the human spirit, you know, the. Um, belief in oneself, the belief in, in who you are and what you can be. Um, yeah, I I think it's it's more than just you know trying to market um, the Nike brand to um, to Michael Jordan. And the so the the main character of the show is Matt Damon. He is a basketball diehard. Um, he is an employee of Nike and. You know, one of the the first scenes of the show is is them him discussing with his department, you know, who they're going to try to sign as an endorsement, and you know they have a a tiny budget, and you know what are you know who can we sign? We don't have much money, and anyone who's good they don't want to sign with us anyways. Um, and so eventually it he a, a big part of the story of the story is that Matt Damon's character um, finally comes to the conclusion. He, he sees something in Michael Jordan that, um, that a lot of other people didn't see. And, and, and granted um, there's not many people that would, would, uh, you know, say, you know, this, this person who's was cut from his high school basketball team and who, you know, is, is the third pick in the draft is going to become the greatest basketball player in the world. And so, <laughs> um, but it is kind of a story as well, besides the, uh, what Trevor said about, you know, human spirit, human nature, but also a story about um, when you believe that you see something or that you know something that the rest of the world doesn't see or know yet and how you can try to convince other people to you know gain the vision that you have so i don't know what uh what else would you say to someone when when pitching the movie trevor oh gosh 
so I guess I should probably defend my I did mention that um, I think that uh, Josh's wife would enjoy this. Um, mm-hmm. And now that he's told us, I don't remember if it was in the bonus episode or during this episode that that um, she's had enough of the F word on uh, <laughs> Ted Lasso. On Ted Lasso, I maybe um, have to recant. Off, yeah, recant on my recommendation. Um, but the truth is, is this show is about. Um, you know, something that really happened. And while it does take some Hollywood liberties, it actually tells the story reasonably accurately compared to what happened in real life. I mean, there's obviously some some differences, um, you know, and it's not perfect. Um, and it does some things for the sake of drama. But it's just it's one of those stories where um, I, I, I think that if, um, you know, I'd been in a larger group and somebody had kind of cheered or whatever. I probably would have cheered along too. I think this <laughs> is the type of movie that, that at the end people get up and they're just, they're, they're glad that the, um, the, the guys that were working for Nike at the time succeeded because um, one of the most heart wrenching scenes ever is Matt Damon's character has, um, you know, bet the entire farm on trying to um, get Michael Jordan. And he steps out into the, basketball division of nike and looks at all the people who whose jobs he's betting and and honestly it is gut-wrenching like if i were in that position (laughs) i i don't know how i'd be able to deal with that sort of pressure um to 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 have made a a good choice anyway i i just i think it's one of those movies it's sort of like cinderella man um some of those others that tells a story of that does a reasonable job of doing it, you know, pretty close to the true story. Um, although it probably does it better than Cinderella Man, which is not <laughs> all that accurate. But the point being is it does a pretty good job, and and you walk away going, you know, real life stories honestly are sometimes better than fiction. Yeah. So Ben Affleck was in. Um, um, he, he consulted with Michael Jordan quite a bit throughout the movie to make sure that he got various things correct. Um, one of the requests that Jordan made with the movie was to have um, Viola Davis play Jordan's mother in the movie. Um, and that would maybe be something that I would, if, if I were making a pitch to someone as to why I like the movie, um, I, I would rank viola davis really high on my list of favorite actresses um and a big part of this movie is that you know the matt damon's character basically they they come to the realization that the real person who is going to be making this decision is going to be on on who michael jordan is going to sign with whether it's adidas or converse or whoever is going to be michael jordan's mother and so he has to figure out how he's going to convince her to have michael jordan sign with nike and um unsurprisingly to me i i and and you know maybe i'm biased on this but i thought that um viola davis did an excellent job in um in the movie and i i thought that that whole arc of the story was uh well done and and interesting as well and so that 
I guess that's another part that I, I thought was interesting. Um, did you have a similar reaction, Trevor? Um, so I read a review where they complained somewhat that the almost like they felt like the story should have been more about Michael Jordan. One of the interesting things that the movie does is you there's they don't cast anyone. Uh, sh- they sh- they do cast somebody as Michael Jordan, but you never see his you face. You never see his face. He never real looks for he, real. Yeah. Never never says anything really other than there's like he might have two lines in the entire show. Um, it is not about Michael Jordan. Wow. It, it is about his mother and about Nike. And if you're going into it and you want to find out about you know Michael Jordan rookie year and and how and what he did and et cetera et cetera, you're not going to find it here. That is not at all. Now, in truth, in the in the real world, Michael Jordan had a much more active role in choosing um, Nike as his uh, endorsement. However, you know, he didn't want it to be about him and neither did um, uh, (laughs) Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck approached Michael Jordan and said, I want this to be, you know, about these. But it's obviously you're, you know, central to it. And and he, you know, as Jared mentioned, he wanted his mother to be central to it. And she is. And I think it's a fantastic story. Um, Anyway, I just I don't want anybody to get the idea that you're going to, you know, see someone else playing Michael Jordan, because honestly, I think it was a good choice. Yeah, I mean, you you Michael you're not Jordan going to be able is to larger cast someone. than life. You're not going to be able to cast someone who looks like Michael Jordan, who has a presence like Michael Jordan, etc. I I agree sure. that it was moves like Michael Jordan. There's yeah. just really nothing you can do that would. I mean, it would be somewhat jarring every time you saw this person on the screen because yeah, I agree because he's not like he's not like a a Freddie Mercury who you've heard on the radio, but you may not have seen him quite as much in in you know in in front of you so putting someone else in there i mean freddie mercury is obviously a, a, a big name but people have seen michael jordan on tv just hundreds and thousands of times He's, at, you know, at one point he was and, probably the most well-known person in the world i mean yeah probably still pretty far up there yes yeah and and so it's really hard to to not have that presence overshadow um, the story so they've done kind of everything to sort of remove michael from the the equation and um and it works it works really well so anyway the, i read a complaint that he that they were that there was so little michael in this story about michael yeah i mean i i think it is i think it is good for someone to go into the movie aware that that's the case i i think that um i was kind of prepared from that i had heard about this movie you know, weeks or months ago from some of the movie podcasts I had uh, listened to and, um, you know, them talking about what a, a strong performance Viola Davis had done and how she'd probably, how she would probably get nominated for awards for it and stuff like that. And so um, I wasn't too surprised by the way it played out, but, you know, it does have, you know, it, a, a very strong cast, um, Matt Damon's the main actor. Ben Affleck's the CEO of Nike. Jason Bateman is uh, the manager of the basketball division. Uh, Viola Davis is the mother, et cetera. And so um, Chris Tucker is um, that that was the other request um, that Michael Jordan had was that he had a, 
uh, a longtime friend, Howard White, that he wanted to have in the film, and and that was who Chris Tucker played. So, um, I guess any any final thoughts on Air, uh, Trevor? No, I I think it's a fantastic movie, and honestly, um, I'm going to go back to my recommendation um, to Josh's wife because it is about real people, oh. and if you if you remove one particular scene where I bet you at least 60%, maybe 70% of the F words are in that one scene. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, it's not, I I did not, I honestly, I don't remember them swearing a lot in the show at all. They, they don't. The, the only thing they do is, is there's, um, it the is scene, the scene with his, um, uh, agent on the phone. Oh yeah. 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 Is David the only <laughs> yes, is the only scene where sure. um it gets yes, like he yes. heated. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's fair. Um. It, I would say that it's it is much farther down on the scale than um than like Ted Lasso. <laughs> sure. So, sure. Anyways, but it's also rated R and not TVMA. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we can we can wrap up there. Let us know if you guys are excited for Shatterpoint, and uh, let us know what you guys think of Air. 